A blessed morning to you, friends. Once again, welcome, uh, everyone. We want to welcome you to the Potter's Gate online broadcast. This is another day heaven has given unto us an as an opportunity to honor God, to bless his name, to praise his name. Of course, today is Sunday. Most people will be or would have gone to, you know, their various place of uh, fellowship gathering. We want to thank God for what the Lord is you know doing this in this new day there's a stirring in the spirit and uh, we will continue to you know track the heart of god and of course praise him and glorify him irrespective of this you know circumstance or position when we find ourselves this morning whatever may be your condition i want you to you know develop an attitude of gratitude because of course it is because of the goodness of God that you are still alive. And that means that there is hope. Yes. They said, you know, a, a living dog is better than a dead lion. All right. So we want to thank God that at least we are alive. And I believe that by the end of this you know, message that you'll be well. Or I want to be alive and well in God. Okay. Uh, the Bible says in his light, we see light. It's in the light of Christ is in the knowledge and the understanding of christ that we get to develop insight and if you will revelation in dealing with you know the complex issues of life so this morning i want to really welcome you if you have the opportunity to join me right if you are not in some fellowship or church this morning of course we have the church but if you're not in a place of gathering well this is uh if you will an alternative this is a place if you will of development and transition to you know to, to many out there who are searching who are seeking there are so many out there who are who have become nomads who are just wallowing the wilderness of nothingness you know looking for direction many have come to the end of you know themselves in certain dimensions of life that you know they're tired of religion they're tired of you know all of the things that we presented 
that have refused to reveal Christ. So God has positioned, you know, this ministry, this platform as a transit point to help many get to understand what their life is all about, what God is all about, what the kingdom of God is all about, so that when they finally maybe return back to some physical gathering of a church, all right, they know what uh, they have been called or assigned to do. And there will be those that God is calling out of, you know, the church, the, the traditional concept of church. In fact, I had somebody, you know, uh, I, you know, uh, send me a message yesterday trying to seek my understanding in terms of, you know, certain things is seen going on in the church. And I had to give the person a kind of a, a broader, you know, perspective to the state of where the church is today in terms of, you know, the wineskin of the church, the kind of wineskin that we, we seem being practiced today in the church. It's not one that is that is glorifying God. And it's for that reason we're seeing a lot of confusion, a lot of, you know, uh, uh, dissatisfaction, a lot of, you know, uh, uh, disorganization. And so um, these are all part of, if you will, the all shakings that we are all going through. All right. So there are those of us that God has called out, okay, to help, if you will, midwife the transition of the body of Christ, of the church of God to the place where, you know, we can be mature, we can be aware of, you know, what God is about. You know, you know there are a lot of people today in the church who are not even, you know, aware of what their life is about, what God is about, what the kingdom of God is all about, what, you know, going to a place of fellowship, or I don't want to say going to a church because we are the church, but going to a place of fellowship, going to a meeting, they don't know, all right, people have all kinds of, you know, belief system, reasoning and ideologies that have been, you know, entrenched within the, the, the you know, fabric of their thinking that today, their, their life seem not to make sense. In fact, with those who are even pursuing material things, who are even getting the material things, at the end of the day, they are questioning so many things. So we are here to bring, you know, perspective, direction, insight, and if you will, you know, uh, uh, understanding regarding what life is all about, life power, amen, the ways of Christ, life power, the desires of God. God has a desire, a plan for every one of us, all right? And there are things he has put in place to help guide us, to help lead us, to help, if you will, you know, a, a midwife us until that day of maturity. You find that concept in the scripture. All right. So uh, for those who may not understand why I'm doing what I'm doing, why we're here, all right, in the Potter's Gate, uh, we're not here to replace the body of Christ, the church. Okay. We're part of the body of Christ, but we're not here to replace, you know, some physical gathering. And we're saying that even the physical gathering, okay, it's being challenged. That wineskin is being challenged in this season. Yes, it's being challenged in this season to change, right? So that that which God wants to release, if you will, the you know the wine that God wants to release, okay? Yes, can be contained. We don't want to you know suffer another loss, okay? There's too much you know involved. There's too much at stake in our day that we cannot afford just to you know deal with things or right, by just you know zeal and 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 you know ignorance or even have big knowledge okay the days of you know presumption or even assumptions are over these are days where God, all right, is aligning us. God is building his church. God is, you know, instructing us. And whatever that idea of the church of God is that is building, we must understand it. We cannot, amen, use our own idea 
or the belief system of some age-old tradition okay to continue to you know uh, 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 if you will engage the things of god if you look at what we are doing where we are as the body of christ and the kind of impact that we have made all right so far it, it, it will tell you that something certainly you know it, it's not gelling it's not right okay i mean i was looking at the concept of jesus in fact we're gonna go there you know maybe later on it's just because i'm already beginning to think of 2024 but i was thinking while i was you know meditating and putting materials together regarding you know the directions of you know the year in the next year 2024 but i was just thinking about this I, i'm not sure if you have thought about it i'm sure the parents of jesus the parents of jesus mary and joseph and you know his siblings and the people he grew up with would never have thought that jesus was just going to live for 33 years have you ever thought of that in fact the disciples of jesus were so disappointed when he was about to leave the earth because he they were like are you aren't you going to restore back all right the kingdom to israel is your job done I thought you came to establish, you know, a physical kingdom. I thought you came to deliver us from the political influence or, you know, of, of, of the political and the military power of, of Rome. I thought you came to free us from, you know, the, the, the religious idea or right, that we have, we have suffered under the Pharisee and the Sadducees. I mean, they were shocked. Think about, just think about that, that the Redeemer, the Savior of the world, did not have to live a hundred years for people to believe or for him to even, you know, come to the, if you will, come to terms that, yes, he's done. So longevity, amen, does not translate to impact. I mean, that was like a, you know, a rude awakening for me yesterday when I was thinking about, you know, some of the things that God already is, is leading us, going to be leading us into in the year to come. And, and I'm saying that really, we don't really have the time. I mean, just think about it. He spent three and a half years, all right, to lay down the foundation, to build the structure, okay, and to set in motion, all right. Yes, the, 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 the principle, if you will, the value system, the philosophy that is going to redeem creation. To me, that is wow. That's a wow moment. That's a eureka moment for me. Just three and a half years. Imagine the condensed impact of life Jesus lived. That there were things that he didn't have time for. But he was so focused. He was so committed. He was so, you know, uh, 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 determined to, you know, to carry out, to, you know, to the letter. Every hour, every second, every minute, all right? Yes, every day of his life, every week of his life, every month of his life was dedicated, amen, to finishing God's intention for redemption. Think about that. Just think about that. If you're watching me this morning, you're listening to me this morning, either from YouTube or from Facebook, I need you to look at that because to me, that is a kind of a game changer in the way we look at time, in the way we play with time, in the way we understand time, in the way we manage time. I mean, we, we run churches that uh, uh, we, we just take people through emotion, through emotion. And we continue year in, year out. We just continue to do the same thing like the children of Israel who were brought out of bondage but never enter into their freedom. 
Think about that. So this is a day where God is really rearranging things within the concept of how we think, how we engage life, and how he wants us right, to be committed to his intentions for our day. That we cannot afford to be playing. I mean, you know, like I know that there are people, all right, that we all know who have died. Nobody, all right, you know, is giving a label or label is placed on their forehead and say, you, by, you know, you know, uh, three weeks time, you're going to be dead. You watching me, you listening to me right now, all right, you don't know when you're going to leave this earth. Neither do I. Neither do I. We only know what the word of God has said. We know what the scripture has said. And then we... We hope and, and trust God, amen, that he will give us, he will continue to give us time. Listen, time is only given to us to fulfill, to feel full our destiny, our calling. <clears throat> time is not about this periphery things that we use time for. I think yesterday I was speaking to my son on, on the issue of time. That, you know, that the future, all right, is, 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 you know, is something we engage by how we speak our time nobody arrives by just wallowing their time wasting their time doing you know all kinds of things ceremony you know what we do in church when you look at what we do in church or 99.9 of those things has nothing to do with the reason why God established you know this gathering these people and he made that clear all right to the children you know to, to his disciples when he was about to leave the earth and he, he equipped them, he empowered them about how to live a fulfilled life, how to live amen, a life that, 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 that will bring impact to creation. He, he told them. I mean, I was involved in all of those religious things until the Lord had mercy on me. We started a church doing what everybody is doing until I realized, but wait a minute, we, if we continue like this, we will end up nowhere. And the Lord had mercy on me. And we allow the Lord to steer the nest. And so many people left. And you know, people living also translates to money living. And that is the heart of why, you know, a lot of, you know, men of God and women of God are doing so many things to keep you, you know, in the religion. Because, you know, your number is translated to your money. That's just the truth. We're not building, we're not equipping people. When we equip people, we release them to go. If a church, to me, if a church is 5,000, that church has missed the mark. If a gathering is 5,000, right, on a Sunday morning, it means, imagine releasing 5,000 people on Sunday morning into the street, into the highways and the byways. Just imagine the impact we're going to make. Imagine releasing 5,000 people into, or at the marketplace, Monday morning. It's like we come to church, we wear the church cap, Monday morning, we put on the corporate cap, or we put on whatever cap we want to put on. And we never really get to fulfill, we never really get to, because we're not equipped to fulfill, we're not equipped to build, we're not equipped, amen, to carry out God's divine intention for our life. That you're watching me, your life is designed, hallelujah, to make impact in the field of your assignment, in the field of your calling. Jesus was sent, hallelujah, to a field. Think about that. Jesus was sent to a field and he fulfilled the Father's intention regarding that field. He didn't complain. Not like there were no opposition. Not like there were no challenges. Not like there were no enemy attacking him. 
But despite all of that, he still fulfilled God's intention and purpose to the point that the father says, well done, thou, thou good and faithful servant. The church was designed, amen, yes, for a reason, for a purpose, a purpose that must make impact in every sector of life, amen, from the topmost people in leadership, amen, to the least man on the street. Our impact must be felt. And I believe that this is the kind of church God wants to see in 2024. Because we don't have time to play around. You can see the kind of, you know, carnage, destruction that is taking place from Gaza to Israel, from Israel to, you know, to Ukraine, from Ukraine to, you know, to Russia. I mean, the whole world is in turmoil. People today are looking for the man of peace. They're looking for, everybody's saying, pray, pray for the peace of Israel. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Come on, we need to pray for the peace of the whole world. We, we need to pray, amen, that, you know, the prince of peace will have leeway, will be giving leeway into the hearts of the nation. So, Friends, as I invite you once again, in case maybe you don't know why we do what we do, I'm just giving you a kind of a lowdown, giving you some, you know, you know, perspective, direction, okay, objective into why I do what I do. These are the things that is motivating me, that is driving me. All right, I'm like a voice of one crying in the wilderness of creation. Prepare the way of the Lord. Yes. Make his path straight. The path of the Lord has been meant to be crooked. Christ has been defamed. Christ has been, you know, you know, has been murdered. His image has been murdered. Okay. So we have to, you know, that's the mission. That's a mandate. We have to give people the right picture of who Christ is. And we have to tell them, give them the right picture of what his church, his bride, not just his son, his bride is. Amen. We have to tell them, amen, the right dress code. There is a church Christ is coming for, and he told us, amen, what is expecting from that church? A church, amen, without spot, without wrinkle, and without blemish. He didn't say, all right, that is what he's going to do when he comes. No, he said he's coming for a glorious church. In other words, there must be a people in the earth called the Ecclesia who are engaging, amen, that value system that when, I mean, they can come back and he find us unready, unprepared. We have to be prepared. He said, I must be about my father's business. Talking about some of the things that we're going to be looking into next year so i'm basically laying down for us in the things that i've said i mean that should reflect the image of everyone calling to ministry then you find a man your own if you will your own niche like we will use that term all right in the marketplace what is your niche what what is your calling what is your assignment all right what is your mandate which field are you sent Amen. The reason why he's got different kind of churches out there, all right, is because all those churches are sent to represent, amen, a dimension of him. Yes. No churches, no two churches are the same. Amen. And the Philadelphia church cannot be the, you know, the Laodicean church. Churches are sent into society. Amen. Yes. We're about to say we are the light of the, we are the salt of the earth. 
We live among the darkness. Yes, we change, we transform the darkness. Not just play religion and playing tradition, you know, and doing naming ceremony and doing wedding and doing, you know, burials. That's not what the church is designed for. Those are peripherals, you know, secondary things. The primary essence, the primary reason, amen, for the church, amen, yes, is to is to magnify and amplify, amen, the reality, the revelation of Christ within every sector of human endeavor, from the home front, from the image of our manhood, amen, to what we represent as you know as women, to what our children should represent. Christ should be imaged. Christ should be revealed. That should be what we sell, should be the product that we are selling. Hallelujah. When we do that, it provides for us. That's the order. You don't seek Christ, amen, for provision. You seek his ways, you seek his will, you seek his desire. Then he provides for you. That's the pattern. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And every other thing, every other thing shall be added unto you. So you watching, you listening to me, you need to understand, you need to get your priority right. You need to get your priority, amen, realigned. Seek you first, the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of self, not the kingdom of man, not the kingdom of a nation, not the kingdom of some region, not the kingdom of, you know, some organization. Seek you first, the kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God, amen. The kingdom that God rules and citadel over, you seek that. When we do that, the Bible says, all right, in, in the Father's good pleasure, the things that we need, the things that pertains to life and godliness will be added to us, you see. So we need to get this clear. Regardless of where you are, who you are, where you're worshiping, all right, where you're attending fellowship, you've got to know this pattern because if you don't, you are going to get to the point at the end of the day where they will say to you, depart from me. I know you're not. Sorry, you did not please me. You see, those are the things that I thought of years ago. I got a rude awakening that I can get to the gate and I, I'm rejected. Nobody wants to be rejected. You know that that is one nature of the fallen humans that we don't want. We don't want to tamper with. No, you, you can take every other thing, but rejection. It is very difficult for us to take rejection. Hey, you can be rejected by society, by people, by system, by government. But if you're rejected by God, then you're rejected. <laughs> then you're truly rejected. This is depart from me. I know you're not. Have you noticed that it, despite the gift you claim to have, despite the power and the authority, but we heal in your name. We even raise the dead in your name. We cast that demon in your name. Though that's powerful. Still, I do not know you. You know, when you think of things like that, it should cause you to sit there and ask yourself, so what is the real essence? What is the core value of this journey? Because indeed it's a journey. Have you noticed that when Jesus, amen, came on earth, he didn't do his own will. He didn't do his own desire. He did the desire of his heavenly father. Oh, we want power. We want this. We want that. We want to do this. All of that must be within the context of the will of God. What is the will of God for your life? Like I said, in one of the uh, 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 posts I, you know, I shared yesterday on the will of God. When you begin to do the will of God, you will look foolish before the eyes of the world. 
people are not going to like you. You see, that's why the very heart of Christianity, what do I mean by that? Christianity is a life of one who follows Christ. Christianity is not a religion you practice. Christianity is not a religion you practice. It is a life of intimacy with Christ. That's what Christianity is all about. I'm defining Christianity in case you don't know. It is a life of intimacy, meaning that he comes first. He comes second and he comes last. <laughs> he's the first, he's the second, he's the last. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning to the end. Amen. He's the beginning and the end and all that is within. It, everything about your life has to be done within the concept, within the understanding of Christ. So when you want to live life, amen, you know, part the Christian life, you've got to take your will, your will, you've got to take your will and hand it over to him and say, yes, my will. That's the sacrifice he's calling you to offer. That's your Isaac. Your Isaac is your will. You understand? Yeah. That's the thing you want. That's the thing you desire. All right. That is the thing you, you, you can, you can feel for. You take that, you lay, you, you say, yes, my will. If you have not given your will to Christ, indeed, you have not given your life. Because the, the motivation of your life is defined through, amen, yes, your will. Your will defines to us, yes, your personality. No, 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 I'm not going to change. I'm not, no, no, I'm, I'm not going to accept that. No, 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 no. Then you are still in charge of your own life. And the Lord is not going to, you know, will for you. It's not going to, you know, Yank your will. No, 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 no. It's, it's, not a, it's not a God who, who relates with us as if we're robots. No. That's why he gave us a will. That's deliberate. That we have a will is in fact, amen, indicative that we are made, amen, in the image of God. Because God has a will. Yes. And he gave, he, he, when he said, let's create man, the man that he created is not just some features. It's not just some idea. It's not just some, you know, concept. It's no, no, no. The man he made is not just about the power. I hope you know that angels have more power than men. But there are things that angels don't have. The first thing, hallelujah, that we know that God has given to man is a will. The will to will to love him. The will to will. You see, what I'm doing today is, is, is not a force. It's a will. This is how God knows. This is He said, by this will men know. This is how God will know, amen, that indeed Isaiah loves me. We are not just to prove our love, amen, you know, about God to the world. This is how the world must know that I love God because I give God a car. I built God a church. I, there are people in scripture who did all of that. And Jesus said, you can even, you know, plug your eyes and give it to people. And if you still do not have love, what are you, what are you talking about, Lord Jesus? So you understand that love is beyond just what we do. Love is first a state of a heart. It's a state of a being. It's a condition of a life. It's a pattern of thinking. It's a way of reason. Amen. Love is, love is, a, love is a philosophy. Amen. Yes. Love is a psychology. It impacts how you think, how you reason. And this is where the battle is because you know that you want to love God, but there's a war on the inside of you that wants to love self, that wants to love something else. <laughs> and this is where you cry out to God and say, God, help me. Help me. I really want to love you. I want to. So it's not well, I love God. Oh, well, it's because I love God, so I have given him. You can give God. In fact, you can give God so many things without giving him your life. 
I was shocked to realize that, you know, in, in Europe, or you, you can actually take the work of ministry, you know, as the, you know, you know, as some profession. In other words, you don't have to be called into ministry. You can go to Bible school and study theology. Not because you're, you're really a, man, a lover of God. You really love, you know, the things of God. It's just a career. I, I realized that, you know, doing the work of God is like a career. And in fact, when I came to South Africa, I realized that there are a lot of people, ministers, right, who are, you know, practicing, you know, the work of church as a career. It's not a calling to them. So they don't have love. They don't have a passion. They are not ready to sacrifice. No, what am I going to get? What's the salary? You see, it's about survival. I've been in ministry for 30 years plus. I've not for one day received a salary. I wait on God to provide for me, to sustain me. Feel like at the end of the month, I'm like, okay, twenty thousand is twenty thousand rand is coming to you know to my account. No, the people who are, who are God is using to assist me one way or the other, guess what? They can decide tomorrow to say, well, I'm no longer going to support you, and the work will continue. It's not like a salary that you know that yes, you know this thing, this money is going to come into your account. No, 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 no. That is what love is all about. The calling of God. They'll, they'll do, oh, we've got a call of God upon our life. Then God says, go and do this for me. And they say, no, not that place. No, I can't go there. So what, what are you talking about? What is the love there? Love is not fashion show. We go to church, it's all about fashion. It's about who dressed the most. It's about who can dress to kill. All of this shenanigans we've seen in the church today that has become you know endemic not even i mean it's become endemic what are we going to do about it and we yet we want to see jesus appear in the sky we want jesus to come back you think he's going to come for a church all right that is so backwards and so lukewarm that is so dysfunctional disorganized disarranged come on friends and this is all across spectrums the issues that we are seeing. Some people will, who God has given light will have to begin to find how to fix these things. So that's why I'm saying, friends, I'm just one of those lonely voices crying in the wilderness. Hopefully God will position us, amen, on the mountaintop where people will, will hear the echo of our sound and change. Because... Serving God, amen, yes, is a call to be selfless. From the from the person on the pulpit, amen, to the people, amen, on the pew, everyone must understand selflessness. Because you can't serve God, amen, while your, your self is very much alive, your self is at the front row, your, your self, amen, is what is driving the, the, you know, the desire and the agenda of your so-called, you know, uh, uh, love for God. That's, that's not love for God. That is love for something else that you're just veneering with all kinds of, you know, uh, uh, ideas. And that's what we're seeing. So you know, why are you saying all of this? Because we want to really impact the world. We are left on this world for one reason, to change the world. Everybody is talking about change, but amen, what is the true cost for change? What is the true value of change? This morning I was thinking about that and the, some words the Lord, you know, you know, just drop in my spirit. I'm not even sure if I can find it here. Uh, 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 you know, that change, all right, 
has to do it at deliberate engagement. Okay, I think I found the word here. I said positive, positive life transforming change is not an accidental occurrence. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can download this so I can show it to you. Let me see if I can do that quickly. My plan was actually to post this, but uh, this is some of the things that I really want us to engage on and look into maybe, uh, uh, you know, next, next year which is of course around the corner let me see if i can quickly do this yeah just quickly downloading it because i think this this word is very relevant to what i'm talking about as you can see don't mind the size is it can you see projecting towards 2024 i said what would you like to change if you were given the opportunity Think about that. What would you like to change if you're given the opportunity? And then I went for that. I said positive life transforming change because it's important, amen, that we also define and clarify what change is, what change means. Everybody's talking change. Even Satanists are talking change. People who are bumping and killing everybody are also talking about change. You know, the jihadists are also talking about change. So when we talk about change, we need to clarify we need to identify the philosophy of what we're talking about so i say positive life transforming change is not accidental occurrence some people think well change is going to occur no change occurs because amen you are ready you are willing all right to deliberately engage now let me read on i say positive life transforming change is not accidental occurrence it is rather a deliberate altering you have to alter is a deliberate altering amen of the present condition of your life that has become amen the normal way of you thinking and behaving to me that is change that is what i define all right to be changed if you are not altering your life i mean and our message of course is designed to do that i'm sure by now if you have been following or you've been listening to me i'm sure by the time you're done with listening to me you would have gone to start scratching your head and say hey but some of the things this guy's saying is difficult huh well it's difficult because you're trying to use your own will all right to to enforce change and by the way i'm just basically sharing what is in the bible the things that people don't want to talk about the things that we all know is there all right it's not like i'm sharing something outside of the framework of the word of god no i'm just basically taking what the bible says and amplifying it amen and bringing them bringing them out because that's the work of a prophet all right a prophet does not select and say okay all right what is trending? What what are we going to tell the people today? What are we going to give to the people that will excite them? That will you know cause their ears to be more eating? What are we going to do to just you know steer the people so they can give us more money? No, that's not me, and that's not what the ministry of the prophet or any of the fivefold ministry is. Those are charlatans. Those are merchants. Those are the people trying to or use the system of this world to sell something to you. And I'm not here to sell anything but Christ and His kingdom. All right. So we, we, we're looking at all of this and it's important that we understand that these things that we're talking about, amen, are the very thing that Jesus, amen, preached and thought. These are the values of his kingdom. His kingdom is not some, you know, eschatology or some doctrine outside the framework, amen, of human transformation. Human transformation is the heart, hallelujah, of the message of the kingdom because when hearts are changed, the nations will be transformed. Hallelujah. Have you noticed that when God wants to change society, all right, 
He, he lay holds of certain people. He grabbed hold of certain people. Yes, America today, amen, who, who, you know, will not be changed until a few people, amen, that God can find, amen, will decide to say, I'm going to stand up for truth. I'm going to declare the truth, amen. Even if I'm persecuted, the same thing with South Africa, the same thing, amen, with the continent of Africa. We will not see change until we're ready to do things differently, until we're ready to engage, until we're ready to engage the way we think. There are people who will not who will romance the idea of change, but ask them what are they doing to change? What are you doing to change? And this is the reason why sometimes, Amen, God brings crisis into our life. One of the one of the things I discovered that God uses to enforce change is crisis, because crisis, Amen, gives us a rude awakening. You see, when when the waters are still and everything is looking. Mm, you don't engage change. You like it that way. You want it so. But when God comes and, and ruffle the things, all right, and steer, you know, your nest and steer the water, and you're like, oh, I, I want to die. I don't know. Your brain wakes up and you're like, I need, I need a change. So these are all part of, right, the, 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 the dealings of God that we are looking into. So, you know, I started all of this by just trying to explain why we do what we do. That, all right, Sunday is not just another religious day for me, right? It's a time to engage your heart, to engage your, to engage your mind. It's a time of reflection. It's a time, amen, of, of really sober thinking. It's a time of meditating. It's a time where we put Christ in view, amen, where we put Christ in focus. Hallelujah. Yes. It's a time where we get to understand what does it mean to have Christ in view, Christ in focus. What does it mean, amen, to live a life, amen, that reflects the intentions of God. And whatever, amen, the Lord speaks to us, we seek that word, amen, to permeate, to permeate, mind my word, to permeate, to saturate, amen, yes, our philosophy of existence. So, all the teachings we have been doing from the beginning of the year, you understand, are designed to engage us to positively change, to positively transform. God does not use rigid things. And rigidity also can even be all right, a teaching, could be a false teaching, could be, you know, one-way teaching. There, I mean, God wants us to prosper. But if we're rigid, amen, on how God wants us to prosper, or we follow just one, you know, idea, it means that, okay, whatever we want to see in terms of, in terms of change is, is, in fact, has become our God. What I'm saying is the very message we preach can become a God to us. Because the agenda of preaching certain message, of projecting certain truth, all right, yes, in fact, reveals that the agenda is not Christ. Friends, the scripture says, is in his light that we get to see light. It is in God's light. It's in Christ's light. So when I say, look unto Jesus, that's like I always say, that's not some religious, you know, Pentecostal charismatic, you know, ideology of Christianity. This is 
looking unto Jesus so you can be transformed as they look unto him. Looking unto Jesus means, amen, finding the principles, the values, the standard, the culture, the ideologies, amen. Yes, the belief system that guides and drives the life of Jesus. And you practice it. When you do that, you start to change. You start to, amen, yes, impact your world positively. And by so doing, amen, the world will come to know Christ. That is what it means to exalt it, to elevate Christ. If I be exalted, think about the things that we've exalted above Christ. For those of us in ministry, we've exalted the ministry. We've exalt, exalt, you know, our pet doctrine, our little, you know, idea. You know, some of us who are into kingdom, we think we know so much of the kingdom that that message of the kingdom has become the image of Christ and not Christ himself. All of this, the Lord is opening my eyes to see. All of this, the Lord is opening my eyes to see. Christ must be, amen, in the center. Christ must be the center. Because this is Christ. Listen, friends. Listen, friends. It is Christ that, that has the power, not just to change us, not just to change our situation, but to also change our world. And this is the reason why I believe that the issue going on in Israel is not just about Hamas. It's not just about Palestine, you know, Palestine. No. It's about God engaging the heart of the nation of Israel. Just like he did in the Bible by using all right, unbelievers, by using the Philistines, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, all right, to awaken amen, a sleeping nation. It's the same thing God is doing today. So Israel, well, like Israel can bomb everybody in Gaza. You understand? And kill all the so-called Palestinians. Listen, God will still raise another conflict that will bring persecution to that nation until that nation realized that for this reason they were created, all right, to magnify Christ, to amplify Christ. I mean, this is a nation that basically rejects Jesus, but all Christians today are running. You know, we support Israel. You don't even understand the scripture. You don't understand what is in the word of God. You say, am I anti-Israel? Anti of course not. I cannot be. God forbid. But do I stand to speak in the light of truth? Yes. Do we stand to speak what the word of God says? Yes. Our gospel is not westernized. Our gospel is not anti-somebody or, you know, uh, 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 pro-somebody. No. We are, we are for the kingdom. <laughs> When, when the Lord the Lord of hosts appeared to Joshua, what did he say? When Joshua said, are you for us or for our enemy? He said, neither. <laughs> neither. I'm here to establish the value, the kingdom of God, the intentions of God. This is the reason why God puts a nation in place. This is the reason why God, amen, have prophets. This is the reason why God, amen, has sent out his 
apostles, amen, to go and magnify and amplify and display and showcase the reality of Christ. That's the whole reason why the book of Revelation is about the revelation of Christ. It's not about, it's not about Amagedon. You call it Amagedon. It's about the revelation of Jesus. Amen. You call it the Antichrist. You call it whatever name you want to call it. So be it. But guess what? If Christ is not being revealed, if people are not getting to know more of Christ, if there is ever a time, think about it, if there is ever a time for the church to proclaim and declare, amen. Yes, the reality, the revelation of Christ is now. With all the focus of, of, on building some temple, restoring some temple in Jerusalem. Imagine what the body of Christ has reduced. I'm going to talk about the body of Christ, particularly from America, the West. They've reduced, amen, the return of Jesus to an alpha, to a red, you know, calf that's going to be used to sacrifice in the temple how we are falling how far we are from kingdom reality when the enemy the devil is engaging the hearts of men the devil is arming kids is is touching them young can you see what's going on yes in in gaza and those palestinian areas kids have been armed all right with you know, machine guns. Children who are to live, who are to get to know the truth, they are being equipped to fight the jihad. Many of the churches in Gaza bombed. Christians also dead. Something is wrong with our idea, with our belief system. Something is wrong with what we call Christianity. That we no longer see through the eyes of the Lord. We only now see through amen, some myopic prism. Can you see? This is part of what I want to talk about because we've got to understand the dealings of God. We're tracking the season. We want to understand the way forward. There's a dealing, there's a dealing, amen, the God, amen, yes, is, is carrying out in your own personal life. There's a personal crisis. God is going to, amen, expose you to if he has not. And there's a crisis that, amen, you're going to begin to see that will be manifesting, amen, on a national level. Whatever nation you are, you can live in Nigeria, you can be, in, you know, in United Kingdom, you, you know, you can be in London, you can be, you know, somewhere in Washington, or, you know, you can be somewhere, God knows where, in Oslo, you know, Oslo, you can be somewhere in Ireland, in, I mean, China, you know, God will use all of this hidden, you know, leadership, yes, to steer all kinds of things. Which of course will impact the globe. So there are gonna be issues from our own personal life or our family life, you know, you know, national life, and of course on a global level. We, we have to have capacity, first of all, to identify what the Lord is doing. Secondly, amen, to yield, to surrender to amen, what God is doing, so that we are able to manage all of this thing corporately, all right. God is building, amen, yes, his church as individual is also building a corporate church. We have to have the ability, the strength, the tenacity, the wisdom. Wisdom is building a house in this season. Are you getting what we're talking about, friends? Wisdom is building a house in this season. What kind of a house is wisdom building? What kind of a church is wisdom building? What kind of a lifestyle does wisdom want us to have? What kind of a house 
with wisdom built, amen, that will be able to inhabit the presence of God. So that from that house, the glory of God can be manifest into the earth. Because God's glory always flows from a place. God's glory is like a river. There must be a point, amen, where that glory, where that presence flow from and flow to, amen, from Eden. The Bible says, flowed four heads of river. Have you read that in the scripture? Eden is the place where four heads of river flowed out. If there's no Eden there, there is no Pishgan, there is no Euphrates, you understand? There's no Tigris. And all those, you know, uh, things we want to preach, revelation, oh, there's gold there, there's nothing, you know, all of those things will not exist. So we have to, amen, begin to, you know, contextualize, we have to begin to, you know, think of Eden. The Garden of Eden is a present reality, it's not a physical location, hallelujah, it's a condition of a life God is building within the heart of a people apprehended. That from their life, amen, he wants to release healing river into the nations. So don't let anybody tell you you are nobody. You are somebody that God has invested into. Out of the millions of spam, amen, you made it, hallelujah, into the ovary. You made it. It is, your battle did not start, amen, you know, today. You, your battle began from before you were born. Think about that. You knew me while I was still in my mother's womb, David said. You foreknew me. You knew my days. We have to awake, amen, to our true identity. Listen, you will never be able to do anything meaningful for God in this end of days if you are not awakening to your true identity in Christ. Your identity is not in your nationality. Your identity, amen, is not in your color of skin. Anybody who tell you, well, you are limited because you are born in God knows one village. Where was Jesus born? Excuse me. <laughs> Where was Jesus born? He was born in a manger. He was born in a stable. He was born among sheep and goats. I'm sure there were rats running around there. He was born among the chickens. Because there were no room in the inn for him. Whenever God wants to birth his purpose. All right? People who think they are high and mighty, rich and powerful. They can't contain him. Because the way God comes, amen, it's unassuming. This cannot be God. Whoa. No, no, sorry. There's no room here. I've been to places that people just like, hey, excuse me, excuse me. Because of the way you look, because of the way you dress. I don't dress to impress people. I don't, I don't want, all right, you know, people to relate with me because the world will tell you, you know. Your presence, you got to dress in such a way. I understand, I understand certain some protocols, but I want amen what I carry on the inside, the aura that I carry on the inside to attract the people. People who came to Jesus for bread and all of that, and you know what happened at the end of it, they left. And they will continue to do all kinds of things in our life. Alright? That will want to move us away from Christ. What attracts you to Christ? Listen to this. 
John the Beloved, even at the point of where this man was hung on the tree, hung on the cross of Calvary, he was the only disciple found there. And his mother, the mother of Jesus, Mary. This man blows my mind. It tells us John was not after the revelation. It was not after the miracle. It was not after all of this day. This man showed us what it means to love. And he's the only one that had the audacity to put his head on the chest of our Lord. And the Lord never pushed him away. And nobody charged him, alright, with you know homosexuality. So, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe these be two people are in love. They're in love, but you cannot understand that depth. There's a love that the world will never understand. There's a dimension of a love. There's a realm of love, alright, that you know the kind of mind. Even those of us who claim to be spiritual will never be able. But I think John might have just given us a glimpse into that dimension. He hardly speak, but his life, his mannerism is a message. And in that point and place of pain, Jesus took that love to another level. He said to his mother, Jesus. He said, Mother, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. Right? We've got to understand this thing. John and Jesus are not blood brothers. But he committed his life into the hand of this disciple that have gone beyond just an apostle. He's become the beloved. That's the church that Christ is building. And that's the kind of church the Lord wants, amen, yes, to come up higher. And I was in the spirit in the last day. And I heard a voice behind me that said, come up higher. And I will show you of things to come. But it's about the revelation of Jesus. A church that pain will not stop them from, from being caught up. The crisis will not limit them. Jesus, I just love what you're doing this morning. I'm just opening my mouth and the Lord is just speaking. I've got my the message, the things that I want to talk about too. But you see, God knows that somebody needs to hear this. Somebody needs to be charged. Somebody needs to be charged up. Somebody needs to be brought to the place of decision. You don't have to stand in an, before an altar to make a decision. While you're hearing this word, you can decide. While the world, all right, a shifting focus from Christ, you can be that lonely voice calling them back. As wisdom takes a position, hallelujah, on you know on the on the path on the road, amen. Where you know two two streets may meet, and wisdom is crying. Let the wise come. Let the simple come. Let the prudent come. Wisdom has built a house. Wisdom has prepared a drink. There's a meal that wisdom wants to feed us, amen, in this day, so that we can keep our focus, our attention on Christ. It's Christ. It's about Christ. About Christ. It's about Christ. And the life Jesus lived, amen, is a mirror to how we can come into Christ. 
Did you hear what I just said? The life, Jesus, the son of Mary and Joseph, amen, showed us the pattern how, yes, the life of the Messiah, the, the, the you know, the, 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 the anointed one can become one with our life because it is God coming into man. It is the God-man. The glory can be inhabited by mortal men. <laughs> the glory can be inhabited by mortal men. I'm not even sure if you guys are hearing me properly because I just realized my microphone is somewhere away. Are you getting me? The glory can be inhabited by mortal men. In the days of hybrid, you know, humans in the days when machine emerging with with humans or you know humans emerging with machine so they can become more more wise so they can become more intelligent you know all of the things that we saying today about ai is, is oh, everybody wants to enhance themselves enhance yourself you know go to gpt you get all of this information can you see the scripture is coming to pass right before your eyes and mind in the last day, knowledge will increase. Man shall run through and fro. It's happening. Have you seen some things that Chad GPT can do? It will blow your mind. <laughs> put all the brains of, of, of men, put it in machine. You can think of. Somebody already thought of those things. That's what Chad GPT is all about. And then you want to have everything at your, at your fingertip. Men want to become gods. <laughs> and, 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 and machine is taking the brain, is taking your identity, is taking your ability, is taking your humanity. I was ironing this morning, getting ready for you know the broadcast, and it occurred to me spirituality must not remove our humanity. And I was thinking about something else. You see. You cannot eradicate humanity because it is through humans that God wants his glory to be revealed. I'm still man. And more than ever before, you and I, amen, must celebrate our humanity lest a machine takes over. Machine has already taken over some people's life because you can't do without your phone. You can't do without all of these things. You see, all of these things that we have, all gadgets we have to use them to promote christ it should not be about us you have to almost like pinch yourself and bring yourself slap yourself and bring yourself back to alignment because i tell you the marketing strategy of satan is brutal <laughs> it will continue to sell you that thing until you finally say Okay, just give me one. Unless you bother me, you bother me too much. No, no, no. Don't compromise. Even if you increase the fire, seven times seven. Oh, king, don't think about it. We're not compromising. We have to continue to talk about this thing to remind ourselves of who we are in Babylon. Thank you, Jesus. Is somebody listening this morning? There are some things that we're going to be engaging, but I really want amen, us to keep reminding ourselves that the focus has to be Christ. 
All right? The focus has to be Christ. Not something else. So how do we focus Christ? Amen. How do we focus on Christ and also deal with issues of productivity? Because I think that's what we're going to be looking into. Amen. Next year. I believe God, amen, wants us to upscale our, you know, idea of, you know, kingdom engagement. Can you see? Are you seeing? This thing we're talking about, all right, has got a multi-layer, a multi-dimensional emphasis. I said the church is on a transition, transition between several streams that must be clear even as we move to us the next emphasis of the spirit. Right? Don't, don't be confused about what God is saying. You see, we're in a day where they're speaking to us, amen, from what I will call, amen, the seven trumpets. Each of those trumpets carries a message, an emphasis. Now, part of the realities that we find in Christ, all right? Seven trumpets, seven mountains. Are you getting this, friends? Don't be confused. They're emphasizing. So sometimes when they're emphasizing something, you may just be carried away about that one thing. No. If you will look, you will see they're saying something else. If you look to your right and left, you see. All right. If you turn back, all right, there's a voice behind you. All right? So we have to develop, you understand, the, the spirit amen, of the cherubims, meaning that we also must have sight. Sight is translated to understanding. All right. The Bible talk about you know the cherubim having you know you know eyes all around them. All right, we have to have eyes. The eyes, amen, is to be able to see into Christ. Why do you think? Why do you think they give us you know cherubim's eyes all around? We think it's just to be able to see what is going on within the realms. No, it's to be able to understand the various dimensions and realities in Christ. <laughs> I love this when I when I talk about this, it gets me excited. Hey, you think you know Jesus? You think you know Jesus? Aye, come on, come on. We need to repent, amen, for even presuming that we know him. We need to repent to, to have presumed. That's why a lot of us cannot move on. Because the, the Jesus we know is the Jesus, all right, that healed Jairus' daughter, is the Jesus that Paul went to wine, is the Jesus, all right, you know, that, you know, uh, that did what to give. <laughs> yeah, it's good to start from there. But there are realms, dimensions, heights. If you want to know a little bit about Jesus, look at the things that Jesus has done. Not just from the earthly dimension, but from the eternal order. And unfortunately, many of us don't even know that we carry eternity. The Bible says that our body is the temple of the Lord, that he dwells in us. What does that mean? In his light, we see light. So the more we press into Christ, the most certain things just look okay. All right. I thought you're so complex, but I now realize it's one plus one makes two, right? Okay. Those complexities suddenly just falls away because you now see through the eyes of Christ. When I look at people through the eyes of Christ, I understand that certain things that I want to that I want to take because it's my right, 
I decide to give it to them. Say, okay, you can have it. It's through the perspective of Christ that we are able to ex 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 exercise and manage the power, the authority, and the dominion we want to exercise on earth. Our apostolic concept, amen, will be, will be regulated by wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. There's a man of God, I guess he's from Germany. See, I think about two years ago, <clears throat> because I saw one of our brothers sent me, you know, a link to, you know, to turn to, you know, to maybe to connect with him on Zoom. And this brother, two years ago, I think he read some of the things that I, you know, I don't know who told him about me. I, somebody certainly must have told him about me. So he must have read some of the things that we're talking about <clears throat> on the kingdom. So he decided to take me on, take me on. That's the word. He tried to, tried to take me on on those things. He sent me a message, brother. Uh, so I see some of the things you. So what is your idea about what's your? What, so what's your definition about the? So I'm saying what, well, but you can see I'm, I'm defining. I'm showing you the things you've read on in my on my site on my blog, maybe. All right. And if you refer him to my, you know, you know, to my website, you can find this thing. But no, he will not agree. He will not. He just kept pestering me. He kept pestering me. And I'm like, but you're supposed to be an apostle from, you know, from Germany. You're supposed to, you claim that you're coming to help people in South Africa, in, excuse me, in Africa here. All right. I know he knows some of the, you know, some of our brethren that I know. All right. But he kept pestering me. He kept pestering me. And I said to him, okay, so hold on. Is this how you represent the kingdom of God? If that is your idea about the kingdom, then please count me out. I, I don't want to be sorry. Immediately, I told him off. I told him. I told him. I'm not seeing Christ in what you're doing. Because you think that you are the apostle from Germany, you think you know better. Huh? And you've come to Africa to save the Africans and to give them sight about the kingdom of God. Unfortunately, Mr. Wolfgang, whatever your name is, sorry, you're out of line. I told him, if you think I'm one of those that, you know, because somebody comes from overseas, from America, or from Germany, or from where, I will bow down and lick your feet because you are there. No, God places us where he places us for a reason. You put me in America, Germany, or wherever, you think I will not shut down the whole order there. I will shut it down. Don't make a mistake. That we respect you and call you sir does not mean you should take advantage. And these are the things that I believe that we need to begin to address. Because the kingdom of God is not an expression of pride. It's not an expression of your ego, of your, you know, spiritual, you know, superiority. There are those who think they, they are more superior because they look at their color of skin. And maybe because, you know, Martin Luther comes from that end. So you've got an upper hand of revelation. You missed it, unfortunately, in a big way. Well, but that's by the way, but that's true. I'm just saying we're in a day where our sense of wisdom about the things of God has to be regulated by humility. I did not see humility in this man. I'm still trying to, you know, respect him and show, but these are, no, 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 but he kept pestering me. And at a point I said, okay, so, You've shown me your color. You've shown me what you, what you, so you think I must, you know, either submit my, I'm, 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 I don't understand who you want me to. So, okay, please teach me more. I want to learn. 
But I don't want to learn from a, a person that is proving that he knows better than me. That you're, that you know, expressing pride. Sorry, sorry. You, whoever sent you or who, the people who told you about me, maybe they didn't tell you about the other side that I'm a prophet. I saw through him. I saw through him. Gone are the days where we are moved by somebody come from overseas to preach God knows what. No. By their fruit, we will know them. Amen. What are we saying? God, through this platform, we are reaching nations. We are reaching nations. And we are bringing direction and perspective to people. There are several things the Spirit of God, all right? He said, and it's important that sometimes we, we clarify these things. And, and, and I'm saying this deliberately so that those who listen, all right, they, they will know, all right? I'm not, we're not hiding things. And the day I have the opportunity to engage him, I'll tell him again to his face. You misrepresent Christ. I didn't see Christ in you. Hallelujah. The church is in a transition between several streams that must be amen, clear even as we move to us. The next emphasis of the spirit. What does the day ahead look like? Amen. You see, you see how we began. I'm entering, you know, towards the end of some of the things that I want to share with us. And then we will begin to unveil certain things. As we look ahead, looking ahead, of course, is looking into Christ. In Christ, we see the realities of his kingdom. That is my, in case you don't know my philosophy of the kingdom, now I'm sharing, I'm telling you, my philosophy of the kingdom begins from Christ, not from the things of the kingdom. The things of the kingdom will never make sense and will never carry value until until you have an in-depth reality and revelation of Christ so don't be fooled that okay oh yeah we're talking kingdom which kingdom are you talking about <laughs> you have to experience Christ he is the one that will then begin to take you and introduce you to all the dimensions and realities amen of his kingdom come and I will show you they say you have to meet him first then they show you he is the way into the kingdom say I am the door hallelujah I am the way I am the truth so what does the future represent what does the future look like to you to the church to me we have to track that in a day of uncertainty we have to understand amen yes the certainty in christ in a day of crisis we have to understand amen the reality and our foundation amen in christ jesus i can't listen friends i'm not going to promise you that next year because you're going to be hearing all kinds of prophecy about next year i'm not going to tell you that next year is just going to be a year of you know our fulfillment <laughs> people come up with all kinds of crazy things the year of our breakthrough the year of our blessing no those those are things that you know you get to have when you put certain structures even as an unbeliever if you set your mind that you're going to have xyz you're going to have it 
But that does not mean that Christ may approve those things. So we want to move in the direction of the light of Christ because it's in his light that we see light. Let, lest we see light that is amen, a reflection of Satan himself and we embrace it as the light of Christ. Because the Bible says, even him and his disciples and his apostles, amen, portray themselves as an angel of light. I hope you know that the name Lucifer is called the light bearer. Have you seen the complexity of the deceptions of the last day? It's called, amen, the light bearer. So it's not enough for, for us to be seen like, oh, that's light. No, we have to trap the fruit of that light. Praise God. Praise God. I love this. So friend, what are we trying to do? We're trying to look ahead beyond 2024. 2024 is our transitional season. We're transiting through. We're not camping there. All right, want to transit through 2024. If the Lord gives us, amen, yes, life, He keeps us, He says, I still want you to continue to breathe. That's what I mean. Then there are things we want to do for, for the Lord. There are things we want to enter. There are realities we want to come into, amen. There are dimensions in the Lord that we want to access. Within amen, our, our right of inheritance, within our mandate of ministry in the earth, there are things we want to do amen, in 2024. One of them amen, is one of believe God for grace amen, to know how to translate vision into reality. And the word became flesh and dwell among men. That's the basis. The word, the word of God, amen, became translated, transmitted into something. <laughs> Particularly for those of us preaching apostolic, preaching kingdom. We have to go beyond just, amen, words. Now we have to believe God, amen, for grace. Listen to what I'm saying, friends. Listen and listen very well. We have to believe God for grace and resource to translate our revelation into reality. Because, amen, the end product of all revelation is transmitted and translated into, amen, substance to make impact within the human realm. Because it's from that point that people believe. It's from that point, amen, that people bow. It's from that point, amen, that the nation bowed the knees, what they see. I hope you understand, amen, that Nebuchadnezzar saw, he saw something, amen. He said, we threw three men in the fire. He saw the fourth man. What do you think, hallelujah, God was doing that? Yes. They said, this thing is not just, uh, hallelujah, praise God. It's, it's, it must go beyond tongues. It must become manifest. In other words, the glory of God, the presence of God that we carry, hallelujah, must be translated into workable tools, into wisdom, amen, into, amen, yes, values, into, you know, products, hallelujah. Got to believe God for that. Got to believe God for money. Money is a tool to advance the kingdom. The other said, let me say this so you don't think I'm hiding my face. 
we've gone beyond amen trying to prove to people that uh, uh, you know we, we 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 are not controlled by money no we're not controlled by money we're not regulated by money but we need money hallelujah just like jesus in his day used money he would have been jailed jesus said to peter go and do what go and do what go and fish he used amen peter's skill he could have called somebody else he could have called maybe one of his maybe if one of his disciples a carpenter would have said go and build you know <laughs> you know two two stools two 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 chairs all right yeah uh, bring the prophet Peter was a fisherman remember jesus did not need to use amen peter's you know skill but he gave peter a skill peter was a fisherman before peter knew jesus christ by the way i don't know how many of you read you know the things that i i shared yesterday on facebook about the concept of you know uh, productivity you know how to sell your product i mean i was just you know uh, uh putting some words on you know on facebook some some of these nuggets that i put you know while I, while I was doing that, it's like the Lord just opened my mind and just started writing. And I'm like, that's why you can see a few mistakes that have not, in fact, done the editing. <clears throat> and it's like this word is for somebody. Well, that was what I thought. But this morning, I said, could this word actually be for me? <laughs> could this word be for me? I know God is speaking because that word suddenly become like a platform of what the Lord was saying regarding how to amen, enter into uh, 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 2024 and the days ahead. We must become productive. And what God amen, was sharing in that you know, uh, few uh, posts was how to sell. Like I said, we all, we all sell something. What I'm doing this morning amen, is marketing. You like it or not? That's the you know, worldly terminology. That's the way the world will, you know, will, will, will define a marketing. So if you if you're if you're there, they will say, okay, what's your niche? What's your market? All right, what's your product? That's a term. Your product also means the gospel you're preaching. What's your product? My product, amen. Yes, is is Christ, amen. In Christ, there are dimensions, amen. In, in Christ that has become a product. One of them, amen, is is the prophetic. Hallelujah. Yes, is the concept of the apostolic. How to build, amen. I'm a builder. I was listening to. You know, uh, uh, somebody was interviewing T.D. Jakes. I think it's in it is in Nigeria with his daughter, and they were introducing. You know, the, the, this lady was asking T.D. Jakes to introduce himself. And one of the things he said is, he said, I'm, you know, I'm I'm into film um, filmmaking. I'm into real estate. He never said one thing that he's a pastor or is an apostle. <laughs> and I'm listening to this man say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see you're a, you're a good you know seller you sell things you know, that's that that's that that's fine but my point is all right is selling something because we all like it or not god has given us gifts and talents how to translate how to understand how to use how to deploy what god has given to us amen we have to believe god amen for grace into this dimension Right? because God will always use what he has given to you all right listen friends and I need I need you to hear what I'm about to say now this is not just about you surviving no 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 this is about amen the advancement of the kingdom of God through your life 
Imagine the few people God have used to financially bless me. You think if they are not getting supply, they are not somebody's not buying their product, they're not being paid in what they are doing. You think they'll be able to, you know, remit me. You think they'll be able to bless me. Of course not. And that means to a certain degree, this work, all right, will suffer. Think about that. There were people who ministered to Christ of their substance. They gave to Jesus because they understood, amen, the cross. They understood, amen, the reason. And for those people who are given to the things of God, we've got to understand why we're given. And let's not downplay it, particularly those of us in the apostolic. Let's not downplay it as if, amen, their giving is, well, they, they give or they don't give is fine. No, it's not fine. We have to really see the worth and the value. Hallelujah. Yes. In, in that in that seed in that income because the essence the objective amen is to advance is to advance the kingdom of god i would love to go to certain places you know next year i would love to have meetings all right not just you know sitting behind the camera i would love to have you know physical meeting it's going to cost money to you know to rent a hall it's going to cost money to put things together it's going to cost money imagine if i'm invited to maybe kenya all right somebody said come to kenya come and share all right yeah I hope you understand that there's a different anointing where you move from one place to another to represent the things of god there's a different kind of an anointing that follow you. So I believe, all right, in traveling ministry. I've not done that for years. I love traveling. But I've not done that. And I understand that it's seasonal, all right? God, I've used this season to put me in a particular place, you know, to build foundation, build and build and build and build. But if I need to, next year I want to go to Nigeria. I want to go to other places, all right? I'm going to need money without the work of God suffering. You get it? So let's not say, well, no, it doesn't matter. Now we've passed the point, and I'm saying this because we have passed the point, amen, of selfishness. That when God put money in our hand, we know what it's for. We know, amen, the reason. When God gives us a job, when God, amen, open doors for us, when God, hallelujah, yes, put certain, you know, resource in our hand, we know what that is for. We can't go ahead and become, you know, crazy. Say, Whoa, I just got some hundred thousand and suddenly you go bonkers. Then it means that all of us are going to weep that the work we have been doing for all these years has not really, you know, found root in your life. That when resources come to your hand, the first thing you ask is, what, amen, you want me to do? What aspect of the kingdom are we to promote with this resource? Or God brings gift into your life. God brings people into your life. That's not the time to wash them down, look at them, you know, anyhow. That's the time to honor and respect. Hallelujah. Yes, that grace, that giftings. Imagine Jesus never came to the to the scene. All those guys that have been waiting, amen, yes, for the Messiah, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Look at that. They, they are waiting would have been in vain. When Christ came into their life, they understood. They said, Nathaniel, we have found Christ. Nathaniel said, hey, what are they talking about? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? They say, come and see with your eyes. These guys were waiting. So Christ, amen, was the fulfillment, amen, of their waiting, of their desire, of, of their expectation. So God will bring certain people, not just money. God will bring certain people into your life. I mean, there are a few people today, I believe God are, are sending to my life for me to train them, for me to empower them. I'm seeing it. 
Some of them might not even have a full understanding, but you know, they just want to get close to me. They just want to ask. They just want to, you know, grow. They just want, but I, I'm already seeing what God wants to do through their life. It's for me to position myself, amen, and continue to feed them, all right, such that they are able, yes, to get to that point and place where they can fulfill, amen, God's intention for their life. Because, you know, we can have delay in our life because, amen, we do not have the right skill. We do not have the right competence. We do not have the right insight, the right foresight, the right understanding. So God can send one person into your life all right, that, that helps you to fast track, to grow and develop and come into, you understand, all that you need. Yes, people are a resource. And sometimes these people, sometimes many of them might come with also, you know, the resource, you know, they, because they can appreciate, all right. They are grateful. They are thankful. They see what God, you know, have used you. Those are people who have sight. You see, there are different kind of people that God will bring into our life and we need to know them. There are those who don't have an understanding why God just bring them into your life. There are those who have a partial understanding. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like this man, but I still like that man. You see, they're in and out. And there are those who have been searching for somebody that can really, you know, it's like a coach. You know you're good in the sport. You're good in the sport, but you know you can do better. You want to be the best. So God brings this, you know, old timer. You've heard of the story of this man. You've heard how this man have trained, you know, certain people and how they have succeeded and the man has retired. Somehow you collided with that man. You think you're going to let him go? <laughs> it's like the disciples of John. When they collided with Jesus, they said, Master, we want to see where you are living. We want to go with you. And I thought we were with John. No, said, we want to go with you. You are the true deal. You, are... <laughs> We want to go with you. I mean, look at the commotion that that would have caused today. Somebody come to your church and preach. And feel your leader got up. He said, that is the man we've been waiting for. Sir, can we go with this man? We need to go with him. Some will not even ask. They just go with you. You don't understand the ways of God. See, they're not about, oh, you stole my member, you stole my member. Some crazy people still talk about that. Don't pastor another person in a ship. Who gave you the ship for goodness sake? You think you've got ownership, amen, about human soul. That God brings people into your life, amen, for you to train and build them up. You think suddenly they become yours. That's the biggest mistake you've made. Don't pastor another. Who told you? I'm pastoring people that I don't even know where they come from. Why do you think God placed me here? God took me from pastoring a church to start pastoring nations through the cyber web. You don't understand the ways of God. Don't be insecure when people leave your church. Don't be insecure when people amen, leave your house. You have brought them to a particular point that you can't take them beyond. Don't you know? That our churches are in levels. Ministry in levels. <laughs> Let me never start with that. There are people that will not fulfill their destiny until they meet Isaiah Phillips. Let me repeat again. There are people that will not fulfill their destiny. They will, they will not fulfill. They will not enter into the thing edge of their prophetic edge until they meet Isaiah Philip. Why? Because in my before time, God has designed and that's why God positioned me. Ah, labor by I don't have that word here. One of the things that we want to understand 
in the coming year okay uh, uh, let me see you see some of the things that I, i'm talking about are some of the things that we're gonna be engaging you see what i do is i kind of put an image you know create of course many people know that i'm a designer all right and that's that to do with my prophetic mandate so i'd already created images some of the things i've done this morning what i'm doing now i'm actually on another page trying to download you know some of my work that's how i work all right so don't think well i'm just saying things no 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 i'm saying things because i understand you know what the spirit of god is doing in this season and we have to track the heart of god all right yeah i've got two that i've just i'm trying to download now all right let's see quickly track with me friends stay with me stay with me this is important all right we cannot afford to be insecure or to feel guilty no 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 all right i thought i was going to do this on another you know a, a session but let's quick while i'm on this because what i've said now is important look at this look at this quickly all right strategic positioning 2024 can you see so don't say well you just no i've designed this already design this i'm looking at some of the things that we are going to be all right we're going to be dealing with next year all right and all has to do with one word all right let me quickly take you there look at the word here jesus said occupy till i return till i come back he said occupy and we're going to be asking ourselves what does it mean to occupy what area have we have, have we been called to occupy all right and when you say occupy till i come you can't be occupying you know another man's space hello you cannot be occupying, you know, another man's house. Some of you, amen, you have been dispossessed from the place they have called you to occupy. Now, let me let me not digress. Let me go back to reason the reason why I brought this up because I said, you know, there are certain people that God is going to position, amen, strategically, all right, on your path to help you. Yeah, I know that man is also a prophet. I know that man is also an apostle. But you see, they don't have, amen, what it takes to steer. You see, ministries ministry is mystery the ministry the min the ministry is mystery the things of god are mystery you understand not because isaiah you know is god's you know this god knows what you know no there's something about you know, the ministry of isaiah you know it's like it's like a spam all right that gets to amen enter the ovary you understand yes out of all those spams you made it You've got to understand that it's not the best of, you know, of orators. You understand? You may not even like his mannerism, but you are attracted to the spirit. There's something about that man that when he speaks, it resonates with you. And when he speaks, there is always that, you know, you know, link, a connection and, and a response. It's like every time this man speaks, there's a response from heaven. Yeah, you used to listen to that man, but... Sometimes you take three months or six months for everyone to respond. But when this one speaks, it's like it's instant. Not because it's so special, but because there's a link. You see, every one of us are linked. We're linked. You gotta understand that. So we have to understand. So when this man speaks, his word is always resonating. Amen. And yes, his word is sharp. 
It brings, you know, uh, uh, sometimes pain, but that word brings relief into your life. You say, yes, this is what I need. This is what I need. Wow. You know, uh, I've been thirsty. Finally, I got this water. Ah, we don't want to occupy. Amen. Yes. I mean, my ministry is to develop people, is to mature people, is to bring people into full stature. Yes, until we come to the full stature in Christ. Everybody preaches that, but there's a uniqueness. There's a particular method. There's a particular life, lifestyle. Amen. There's a particular, you know, grace, if you will, to, you know, how I bring this word across to those whom heaven, the Bible says, Jesus said, all that the Father has given to me, I lose none. There are those that God has given to us. We must not lose them. Except the son of perdition. You understand? If everybody joined force with me, everybody listening to me, I will never need to be asking for money from, I will, of course I don't, but I will be living comfortably. But 99% of those who listen to me are not financially committed to our work. And that's fine. But I hope that changes coming next year. But my point is, those 1% who are involved, who are given, all right, they know why. There are those Sunday morning, they must listen to Isaiah for them. But they, they will never comment. They will never say good afternoon, good morning. Thank you, man of God, for that message. Oh, my, my brother, what a message. But I know they're following me, but they don't know that I know. <laughs> but that's okay. Because they're just one of those three. And there are those that will reach out and say, wow, that, that was a great message. You're not saying that, you know, to make me feel okay, but you're saying that to compliment and to, to appreciate the grace and the gift. So you got to understand all the various kind of people. Jesus had them too, among the 12. Among those 12, you see that there are three categories. Yes, beyond the people, all that multitude that are following him. I'm talking about the... The ones following him, the very core, you know, of his disciples, the 12, yes. Are you getting all of this, friends? We have to. You see, if you don't have sight into all of this, then you're going to be discouraged. You're going to be discouraged. So we need to understand that, amen, in the year 2024, amen, we want to enter into our position of, amen, occupation. And the word is, amen, do business till I come. I didn't bring that down because we're going to be talking about the concept of kingdom business. And when I talk about business, please don't let your mind be limited only to money. Of course, money is part of it. Money is just one aspect. So hopefully I'm going to be doing a lot of teaching around, amen, money, resources. Why? Because we have passed the stage where we are afraid to talk about money. Money rules this world that we live in. The reason why Israel was able to do what they're doing today is because, all right, they had money. They have money, all right, to buy all those machinery, to, to develop all those, you know, uh, 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 technology. You understand? Yes. Yes. We live in a world, all right, that is ruled, that is governed. By, in fact, the prince of this world is mammal. The devil, amen, uses money to influence, to control people. Did Jesus use money in his day? Yes. How did he get it? Divine provision. You understand? When he was born earlier, when Jesus was born, we're told, amen, that wise men from the east came to him, all right, and they brought, amen, gold, myrrh, and frankincense. And I'm sure by the time the mother, the parents of Jesus, amen, sold those things, they had enough to raise him up until he was able, amen, yes, to cater and, you know, provide for himself. 
Of course, through divine provision. But my point is, let's not disabuse or dismiss the idea of money. All that we are, the fact that you are able to hear me clearly, all right, tells you, amen, that uh, there's a there's a nice quality phone that was bought, amen, to do that. I mean, if I'm not sounding right, if I'm not sounding good, all right, you'll be turned away. Are you getting the point? This platform that I'm using to be able to do this design, I have to pay every month, you understand, to get the quality. So money, all right, yes, it's important, but to make it the head, to make it a priority, to make it, amen, you know, the arrowhead of what we're doing, that is where the error comes in. All right, so we want money, we need money, all right, but we know that money also comes through people, value. If I'm not, if I'm not promoting, I'm not declaring the intentions of God, the heart of God, those who believe in the truth, all right, following us, they will not, you know, decide to bless me because I'm not putting value in their life. I'm not putting, you know, truth on the table. People give to you, all right, for truth. And there are those who give to you because you lie to them. We don't get money because we lie to people. Amen. We get amen, to be blessed because we preach the truth. So the more truth I preach, the more I, I raise the bar, the more I raise the standard, the more I expect those people to bless me the more because they appreciate the fact that amen, we're able to raise the banner of the truth. All right. So we want to understand how God, amen, will have us occupy in all the various dimensions, amen, of our life. How do you occupy your position as a man? Hello? How do you occupy a position as a woman? Because the enemy is trying to dispossess us. Alright? Strategic positioning. I said some of us have been removed from our position. Life, life issues have battered you to the point that you don't even know if you're a man or you're a woman again. <laughs> you know that? You're afraid to stand for what is true from what is right because you've been beaten several times. So many intercessors have been dispossessed from their position. All right? They've gone the way of the world to go look for money. People who ought to be praying, who we ought to be. I mean, there are people that should be seeking the face of God. That is what they've been called to do like priests, like the Levites. All right? Their duty is to... Continue to uphold, amen, the hand, amen, of God's prophetic agenda in the earth. And there should be people, amen, who are seeing that their needs are met, amen. Their, their children, amen, are not suffering. You understand? God said to the Levite, you are my portion. Does that mean that they're drinking, you know, air, they're eating, you know, uh, a sand? No, God provides for them and he provides for them through other people, amen, who bring in tithes into the storehouse of God. We have to we have to return back to the pattern to the order and of course that has to do with a lot of faithfulness and commitment you can't wake up one morning and decide okay uh, i'm not going to walk no there are people i know i know a particular ministry when i was in nigeria these people are so committed to the work to the ministry the man of god said to them look i'm going to employ you guys full-time into ministry we will pay your salary we'll pay all of the things that you just continue to do what you're doing because you're backing me i love the way you're standing behind me that is what i'm talking about now people committed to the things of god but they can't afford to pay their, their children's school fees and money is coming in for the ministry 
And they're telling them, go and believe God. Excuse me, which God again are they going to believe? They're already serving in the work of God. You are there to provide for them while they, wait, while they continue to do what they're doing. That is why when we, when we, you know, continue to do the work of God and the, and the Lord used somebody to bless us financially, you know what I did? I turned the entire church, all right, to, you know, to, to a center, to a development center. Because we needed money to do a lot of things, but that's not the basis. My heart desire has always been to empower people. Said, I don't just want to empower people spiritually. I so also want to empower them in the area, you know, sir, of life. I want them to be able to, you know, it, it's dignity when somebody has skill to do something. When somebody can create something with their hand, do something with their hand. That's dignity. You know, I keep telling God, Lord, if you bless me financially, I want to be able to build low-cost houses. There are people working, but they cannot afford certain homes. They can't, they can't just afford it. So, or we can build houses that can cater for, you know, your, you know, your, 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 your level, your class, low-cost houses. We don't have to wait for government to do all of this nonsense. Friends, think about this. Why don't build low-cost houses? Get land, build houses, and you know, give it to people on a low-cost, you know, uh, uh, you know, budget. Just start building mansion around. There are people who can afford that. There are, there are those who, if you just help them just a little bit, ah, they will enhance the the advancement of the kingdom. Again, this one. I'm just telling you, these are some of the things that we want to look into. I bought computers, we bought sewing machine, we bought embroidery machine. We just filled our place. And start and guess what? Even Muslims were coming. They can see the church, but they're coming. They're coming. Why? People want to be empowered. If I have resource, this that's the that's the last thing I want to do here in South Africa before I leave. So they know that not all foreigners okay are coming to take want to give want to give and of course i've been given i've been given i've given myself given my life i went to to the cause of of the kingdom in this nation by changing people's mindset you see that's the first thing i realized god has called me to do beyond just changing their spiritual condition we also want to change their mindset i also want to change their physical position you understand give people dignity because when people have dignity even they have you know, perspective about God will change. The reason why some of these people are taking advantage is because people, all right, have been beaten down. They've been beaten down. So somebody call, you know, call and say, jump up, you know, scream like a dog, shout, all right, lay down there. They do. People have become victims, victims of the system. Hallelujah. I hope I'm making sense, friends. <laughs> Empowering people. So I want to do empower people, build people up, and occupy. What business has God called you to do? What ministry has God given to you? Are you occupying that space, or have you been systematically pushed off, <laughs> and you're just merely holding that little spot, that little? No, got to recalibrate your vision. Twenty twenty four. Amen. Starting from today, you want to ask yourself, Lord, how can I better occupy? Listen, it's an occupy.
high till I come, not just occupy for three years, four years. Then another company comes and buy you over or some devil, devil system come in and push you over. No, you have to believe God to develop capacity to remain relevant occupy till I come. That concept of occupation is not just occupying the realm of the spirit alone. I know we've been doing that. We'll continue to do that. But whatever, amen, we have successfully done in the spirit realm should have a physical impact and effect. Did you hear what I just said? Whatever we have successfully, amen, been able to do in the spirit realm should, of course, whenever something is, is established in the spirit, we always see what? A physical manifestation. Yes. In both ways. Either light or darkness. If the devil occupies the realm of the spirit, we see the manifestation in the human realm. Don't we? We do. So imagine if we to occupy the spirit realm. If we occupy the spirit realm of the marketplace. Excuse me. Tell me who will be defining and, and cutting the shots in relating to issues of finance, in, the, in relating to issues of economy, in relating to issues of, you know, uh, you know, business, you know, uh, 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 real estate, in relating to, you know, uh, you know, constructions. Of course, there will be believers. But if we leave this place and we're just waiting for rapture to take place tomorrow, you know, not too, not too long ago, you know, in fact, a few weeks ago, I heard Chris Oyakilome. Well, I have to mention his name because I know he's one of the, you know, pastors back in the day who preach prosperity, you know, preach prosperity. Now he's got him all made up. He's one of the wealthiest men of God on earth today. Guess why he's preaching? Rapture. <laughs> I laughed because, I mean, I just laughed. And oh, now you can preach rapture. Jesus is coming. We don't even know. It may come any time from now. I'm like, of course. What else to preach? He's got into the end point of his message. When you are not kingdom oriented, that's what you start to do. See, that's delusion. When he says occupy, look at the number of people go to, going to his church who have not even fulfilled their dream. We have not fulfilled God's purpose for their life. We don't know the direction or of how you know uh, uh, the next meal is going to come. But they also want to belong. I go to Christ's embassy. I go to Christ's embassy. I'm mentioning this name. Normally I will not, but I'll mention this name because I need you to know. Some of these key guys, yes, they all have nice houses, nice, but look at their members. That's always the problem in all of these churches. It's easy to preach kingdom. It's easy to preach this. It's easy to, we're going to take over. But how have you empowered the ordinary people in your house? You're preaching rapture. After you've made all the money. You have your private jet. You have, you, you've seen it all. You've enjoyed it all. Of course you want Jesus to come and take you home so you can continue the enjoyment on the other side. But your people are still struggling. That's an indictment. That's a shame. We have to preach a message that impacts every life, every starting from our Jerusalem. There are people in your house struggling to, you know, to, to, to eat, to you know, to do certain things. Have you assisted them? They are about to ev evict them out of the house. You're telling them to believe God. Bro, pray. But you know you're in a position to do something. 
Even if you don't have all the full money, you can assist them and say, well, this half, go look for the other half. Our gospel has to change. Our understanding of the concept of the kingdom has to change. So how do we occupy dimensions? Amen. Listen, we're not trying to occupy places that God has not given to us. That would be a big error. I know, I know places God has given to me. I know feel God has given to me. I know the place God has called me. I want to occupy that place. I want to make the presence of God know. I want the people to know that when it comes to this dimension, I am the gateway. I am the go in between. You understand? That's what we're talking about. Not some crazy. I mean, churches have churches have been you know dispossessed. When I say churches, leaders have been dispossessed. Charlatans all over. The prophetic has been dispossessed. Even those one we thought they 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 know they they know what they're talking about. Like I said, God always used crisis to unveil to reveal the heart of people to reveal the true heart of this crisis going on. You know, in in Israel has revealed to us that even though some of those people we thought all right have an understanding about the prophetic, their idea of the prophetic, you know. Is one that has been designed by the Western culture, by the American idea of Christianity. You follow that thing, I'm telling that thing is going to lead you to hell. And that's the gospel, that's the I, philosophy that most African pastors, that's why they're in competition. They dare not stand for the true, you know, you know, kingdom gospel because people are going to leave. The money is going to drop. That's why their family is their successor. Their friends are the people they use in, in, in their committee. Come on. We've got to move beyond all of this. We have to enter into the reality, amen, of really seeking. We want God to bless us. I'm going to pray, God, bless us so we can, amen, yes, be able to do certain things in the earth for your glory. We're not, we're, we're not seeking our, to look onto those things, but we want those things as the driver. You see, we want those things as the tool to accelerate. When we say the kingdom of God is advancing, what does that translate to? What does that mean? That's a question, amen, we're asking. When they say occupy, what does occupying means concerning our prophetic mandate and destiny, amen, on earth as the ecclesia? What does that mean? What does it mean to occupy? What are the areas we are designed and called to occupy? Jesus said, occupy till I come. The question I'm asking, all right, you know, Jesus, in fact, said in the Old King James translation, he said, do business till I come. Business is your occupation. Business is what you do. Business all right, is the extension of your life. It is what brings income into your life. It is what gives you dignity and identity and a sense of belonging. It is what enhances your influence. All right? It is what you know, empowers you to bring change into, you know, Various sectors of life. 
You understand? Somebody ask you, what's your business? What, what are you doing? What are you going to say? Be the master. Amen. Be the best in that field. Esther was the best. Joseph was the best. Daniel was the best. You understand? And if you understand that they were not born the best, they were raised, built up, trained to be the best. When you are the best in the field God has given to you, it becomes easy to attract people to the kingdom. Jesus himself used that tool. So we're going to be looking at strategy. Jesus, amen, preached certain message in certain regions. Ask question, amen, in certain regions. There were certain things he could do in some places that he, he did not do in other places. You see, that's, why, that's one of the concepts we have to look into when we say look unto Jesus. You have to see the strategy that he used. While the poor, amen, yes, Decide, amen, that no, he he pleads, amen, his case to Rome. Why, why was why why was his heart on Rome when they even gave a prophecy that he was going to die? <laughs> you see, no, he, he knew that Rome, amen, was the place he needed to be. That's the place, amen, yes, to sell Christ. That's the place to make, amen, yes, Christ known, because it is the seat of power. Why didn't Jesus die in Rome? All right. Why didn't they take him to Rome to go and kill him? Why did they have to kill him in Jerusalem? Because amen, Jerusalem was the seat of religious power. That thing that Christ wanted to destroy within the heart of men was not sitting in Rome, was sitting in Jerusalem. <laughs> so you've got to understand the product. You've got to understand the mission, the mandate. I mean, when they sent me to this nation, the issue of, you know, a, a live broadcast was not, you know, in view. <laughs> so, you see, technology also must cause us to review our understanding of the things of God. Now, if tomorrow the Lord said to me, I need you to leave South Africa, maybe return back to Nigeria or go to move to Kenya or go to I will blind. The only thing I will be thinking of is the logistics of you know my family. That would be the only thing. But the gospel would not be hindered because there are tools, amen. Yes, that has been established to make you amen preach the gospel and be relevant in every sector of life without even you being there, in every you know uh, uh, location, you understand, on earth, without you literally being there. So, how do we use this tool? How do we fast track? How do we improve? How do we develop? Amen. These are all prophetic. Amen. These are all part of what we're talking about when we say strategic. When we say being strategic, what does that mean to you? What are the things you need to change? What are the things that have become obsolete? What mindset you need to, amen, to change in the way you do things? I'm sorry. There are certain people you will have to, amen, leave behind. <laughs> you understand this, friends? Certain things, certain people, you have to leave them behind because, because they become a distraction to moving to the next point. I mean, imagine you moving from one point to another. 
I mean, you have to consider so many things. Relationship is one. But you see, your vision must be what is driving you. So if you don't have a vision that is speaking to you, what would you be occupying? What would you be occupying? Of course, they will occupy you. They will push you around. Somebody will attack you, will outdo you. You know, you know. So you, you've got to know. The reason why I'm saying all of this is because we want the nearness. You see, the nearness of the of the coming of Christ and His kingdom can only become a reality when we, the church, the ecclesia, are doing our own thing. Like I said, change is not an accidental occurrence. Change is not an accidental occurrence. It's a deliberate engagement, amen, to things that have become norm. Anything that has become norm in your life is a dangerous place to be. When a particular thinking has become the norm, when a particular behavior has become the norm, You've got to be careful because you're on a dangerous point. You always, you know, as a nomad, as, as one tracking the intentions of God, you must always be on the cutting edge. You, you, you've got to be on the edge. You, you understand? You know, it's like people who cannot sit down. You, you, you've got to, you, you, the, the zeal of my father, something has to be propelling you. The zeal of my father's house has consuming. You've got to be consumed. When you live in an environment where you basically know everything, you see everything, you no longer value it. I could remember when I just came to Franjouk. I mean, I, I couldn't just get enough of the beauty, the sheer beauty, the, 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 the nature that you see. It's beautiful. And now it's like, yesterday I had to, you know, catch myself and say, hey, hey, just look at these things again. Just look at them again. Look at them. Just look at them again. The beauty is still there, but you've now gotten used to it. Don't get used to things. You have to. You have to continue to engage. That's why some of you must constantly listen to me. You know, I've been graced and gifted to keep you on the edge. The reason for that is for you to remain relevant. Many of us have become irrelevant, even to our own self. One of the ways you know that you have, you know, you 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 become so, you know, filled and driven with self, is when even the things of God no longer catches your attention. You wake up in the morning; it's just another day. You're not filled with gratitude. You see, gratitude is an attitude. An attitude has a way of, you know, steering you. You know, changing your you know, behavior and pattern of thinking. I'm grateful, Lord. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the air. I'm grateful for the flower. I'm grateful. 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 Filled with gratitude. That has a way of showing you things that you no longer see. Wow. That 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 helps you to see how important people are. That woman, all right, that you will meet on the, you know, on the on the road, you know, maybe at your workplace. That, you know, a, a janitor, you know, that cleaner. When you're grateful, when you have a grateful heart, when you see that person, you want to hug that person. You want to show love, because suddenly you you see through that person. You don't see just see what the person is doing. You can see God in that person. You can see grace. You can see gifting. You see hope, even when that thing looks hopeless. That's gratitude. 
and that comes with an attitude you you have to constantly live in that order of a life and it's from there they will show you what needs to change okay that that that, that. because god will never speak to a heart that is ungrateful that's why you always you know always anxious always you know, i don't know no 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 maybe you need to look into yourself sometimes you need to slap yourself with hey <laughs> catch yourself amen i mean i'm grateful for everyone watching me i know things that i will say amen are challenging are difficult but guess what i also know that it's a word that will put you in a place where you become better they say a better version of you because a better version of you can only be christ <laughs> Because whoever you are must be dying daily. I die daily. One day, the guy finally says, it's no longer I will live. Hallelujah. Come on, friends. Two hours we've done. Are you excited about this message? That's the purpose. To help shape your vision. I love this. We're going to be tracking this, uh, hopefully, as we move towards 2024. After a lot had departed, I'm not going to preach on it. I just want to read it. <laughs> Trust me. After a lot, lot had departed. Remember, Lot was the nephew of Abram. After Lot had departed, the Lord said to Abram, Now lift up your eyes from the place where you are. You've got to know where you are. Lift up your eyes from the place where you are and look to the north, look to the south, look to the east, look to the west. Verse 15. For all the land that you see or you are able to see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. That is how the nation of Israel became a nation today. Because of the vision of Abraham. Isn't that amazing? Because of the vision of one man, a nation was born. You see, the reality's first is in the mind, it's in the perception. They say if you can envision it, particularly if it's God that asks you to do. If you can envision it, it can become a reality. And that's why I said we need to translate vision into reality in this coming year. And of course in the year to come. So how to do that is what we should track. Alright friends, we're going to track that. You, know, you don't have to start big, you can start with where you are. Remember that's the word. From where you are, where are you? And where are you going? Where is the Lord leading you? Lift up your eyes from where you are. Locate where you are. Where you are, all right, is a spiritual dimension, is a physical dimension, is a mental dimension, dimension all right, is a psychological dimension. Where you are, where are you? All right. I made the statement in one of the, the, the things that I put together this morning. Let me see if I can quickly find it. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, where is it? I said blind spot. Blind spot. And not only detrimental to our growth. Blind spot. And not only detrimental to our growth. But are also a powerful tool. For the enemy. In seeking to use us to destroy or hinder other people from. You know from growing from developing. Blind spot. Right. So you've got to be able to see. And precisely identify where you are. You may not be in a good spot, but can you see? There are people who are not in a good position, but they can't see it. In fact, they're lying to themselves. They live in denial. So I like that concept. God said to Abraham, from, lift up your eyes from where you are. So if if you, if where you are amen, is hindering you from seeing clearly, or are you are Abraham, you're very rich. But they want to take you beyond this present condition of your affluence and influence and whatever you think you have. Because remember, one day those things are going to deplete. They're going to going to lose them. They're going to. I mean, that's the, that's something about material things. They fade. They get to be depleted because you use them. So they what they want to bring Abraham into a dimension where his life become the seed of of a nation. Ah. Do you have the capacity to dream, to envision? Can you see? What do you see about your nation, your country? Forget about those in authority. You, that God has given the ability to dream. What kind of a dream do you have for your nation? When you look to the north, south, east and west, what do you see? Like I said, we will talk about that. But start from your own immediate life. Start with your family. When you look at your kids, your children, what do you see? What dream do you have for them? What vision do you have for them? Where do you see them in the next five years, in the next 10 years? You see, there are decisions I made that are inconvenient, but for the sake of my children. You see, the enemy is always after the seed. So what do you see? When you look at your children, what do you see? Even the one that you think is rebellious, doesn't listen. No, your sight can change because what you see will create a new attitude of engagement. Sight is very powerful. Remember, we've been talking about sight. What do you see? As far as you have seen, I've, I've given to you and your offspring. So whoever tries to occupy that place because God has given it to you. Is that not the battle that's going on today in Israel? They say, this land belongs to us. The Palestinians say, no, no, we were there before you guys. Yes, you could, you could be there before you guys, but the land does not belong to you. That's a reality. That's something that cannot change because the land does not belong to the Palestinians. But the point is, Israel, you can't kill all of them. Because the land, because the land does not be why you are not in the land, they saw the land, they took it, and they've grown. So you've got to learn to also give them, help them. You know, let them grow, let them grow among you. All right? Yes. And if there are those who say, okay, we want to destroy you because the land belongs to us, there's a way you deal with them. But don't kill everyone. Don't kill everyone.
This is where the wisdom of God comes in. Because I do not believe this is the heart of God, the intentions of God, that every person living in Palestine must die because Israel is trying to make a point that this land belongs to us. I believe 100% because the Bible says so. Any Christian who tells you the land does not belong to Israel is not a Christian because then you don't believe what, what the Bible says. All right? But the other side is that, okay, as the land belongs to you, that does not mean that every child, every person, two million people must be wiped away. I don't believe that. Because I believe there are those in that Palestinian aura who have also given their life to Jesus, who are born again. There are churches, ministry there. Yes. So we cannot blanket the. You see, that's why we say this thing is complex and we need mature people who can intervene, not people who see with one eye. If that is how God's judgment is, then imagine God would have wiped the entire land of Sodom and Gomorrah. God said, if I find 10, for 10 sick, I will spare the land. You've got to understand the judgment concept of God. All right? After Jesus Christ came to die for every human, including those living in Palestine. Amen. You've got to let people know where you stand. This is how I stand. This is my philosophy, my belief system about all right, what's going on. Because that speaks to us about all kinds of dimension in our own life. There are people in our life that have been very mean to us. Because they are so mean to you, kill them, kill them, just kill them. That doesn't resolve the problem. No, it doesn't. I mean, friends, thank you so very much this morning. I hope I've been able to share some things that resonate with you maybe challenge your belief system of course that's part of the purpose truth must be you know, truth must challenge us truth must cause us to think and to look again into our, our sense of presumption right you must go and scratch your head and cross check like the barriers yes come the Lord said, come, let's reason together. Of course, you've got to have the right mind to be able to reason with God. <laughs> so I hope this message this morning, I've really brought, you know, clarity and direction and maybe challenge your belief system. But come next year, 2024, there are things that the Spirit of God, amen, is saying to us and we really want to understand them clearly we want to really 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 engage them we want to occupy right and we want to do it in accordance to the direction of god because this is not a license for those who believe that our position is to occupy yeah we're just gonna occupy the business world and you're using false values you're using false principle you're using all right rejected pattern in fact what is driving you is ambition it's materialism. That's not what we're talking about. We're not about that. So I need to make that clear again. Right? We want people who will, who will locate us in our manger and bring the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh so we can advance the intentions of God in the earth. We want, amen, people who can see into what God is doing in this season. So we can, I mean, ima just imagine this. Imagine Imagine if I'm able, or people who are into, who follow us, able to buy a coffee shop 
And the purpose of the coffee shop is evangelism. But the quality, the people are attracted to quality. The quality is top notch, is there. Imagine if we we're able to start, you know, our own, you know, fashion brand, you know, clothing. And the quality is mm, the suit, the jacket, you know, the African attire. Imagine if we we're able to start our own restaurant. In the midst, you know, you talk Franjuk is known for you know restaurant. They are the government of South Africa. Imagine you start a restaurant, Kingdom Value. The atmosphere. Mm. You're not pushing, you're not pushing Jesus out there. No, no, no. But people come into that atmosphere because you've charged the place up with prayer. They just come and something is just something different about this place. Rather than the vulgar atmosphere and the proudful atmosphere, you just come and you feel relaxed. You feel touched, you feel changed. Even the waiter that comes to serve you. You look at them and you can't take your eyes away. Not because she's so pretty that you start, you know, developing lust. But something that eyes just say you need Jesus, you need love, you need Christ. Just think about that. Think about that. See, what, this is why we need money. Money can only be given to people whose life have been eaten up by Christ. So when they go into business, you can't make them compromise because they know why they're in business. They're not in business just to make money. They're in business to make money to advance the kingdom of God by changing the hearts of men. Imagine you having your own shoe, shoe, you know, shoe label. This is the way I think. Imagine you having your own farm, wine farm. Who says we can't have a wine farm? It can produce wine, all right, that are not alcoholic, you know. I mean, so many things we can do. The opportunity, this is the best time. Imagine we have Christian right, all right, you know, uh, programs, code, you Christian using chat GPT and all of this thing, creating materials that can advance the kingdom of God using in our coding to to help people imagine we having our own spot facility using spot to preach the gospel because the world is full of competition go into competition with them beat them hands down and see show them love <laughs> oh Jesus you know you sell cake sell the best cake let everybody like that auntie's cake, my Ooh, I can't resist. <laughs> you understand? Whatever you do, do it with the highest quality. You know? Have a reading center. That has always been my desire. Have a reading center where people can come, have coffee, take a book. You know? So all the books here, many of them are. You know, seem to be talking about Jesus and all of that. Yeah, yeah. There are books that Christians have that are just stuck, stuck somewhere in some library. Give us your book. We'll start a coffee shop. We'll put them there. Somebody comes and just, while browsing. One sentence, one statement can change a life. I'm already giving you ideas. 
all coming free of charge from my brain. Have your own coffee. Brew the coffee there. Put something, make something different. Strategic occupation. You want to occupy places, you have to know how to keep the people in the right focus, with the right mindset. You understand this? If I were, if, if, if I were the nation of Israel, rather than bombing and killing everybody in Gaza, you know what I would do? Create a nice environment for them. Of course, still be dealing with Hamas on the ground in the way you need to, but, you know, start putting infrastructure because you want to target the children. Put infrastructures there that will teach the people, that will, you know, empower them, build them up. You think they will not be safe? When you show hate, you get hate back. The seed, Bible says, the seed you sow, you reap. Simple. Imagine you start your own, you know, a, a video editing, you know, community. Teach people how, empower people how to broadcast, how to do all of these things. There are people who, who have ideas that, are, that can sell, but they don't know how to transmit it. Have Christians, you know, kingdom-minded people who can help people transform their ideas into workable tools. That was what I was doing in Nigeria. You understand? Yeah. Because everybody wants to survive. That's life. Life is about survival. So when people see anyone trying to assist them, help them to survive, they will love you. In fact, they will become vulnerable to you. There's a way we can preach Christ in the 21st century without slapping them with Jesus. You just need to create the because that's what Babylon is doing. That is what the devil is doing. It creates the best of environment. You think having a nice church is enough. No, people are tired of going to a building called a church. Take the church to them. Start the church in that, you know, a, a you know, that's, you know, a, a business center. Have a place where you can walk in and just have a quiet time. Just have a place, a place, a, a building, you know, in the midst of something. The gospel. Just have a nice, quiet center. A, just call it meditation center. Anybody you can come in there. And when they come in there, you can sit down. You can take a book or read. You want to read the Bible, you know, just make the place relaxing. And in case you need somebody to assist you, maybe you need a counsel, you can you can call, you can ask, you know, but nobody's pushing anything on you. <laughs> All those rich people who don't know what to do with their life. Who 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 they, because they are so rich, they don't know who to talk to, they don't know who can assist them, but they know they can walk into a place. Best quality. And somebody walk to, to them like an hostess. Say, hello, how can we help you? Arrest my case. Friends, we know what to do. We're not stupid. We just need direction, resource, and assistance. But these are some of the things, like I said, I want to 
I want us to engage next year because we have to do it. 2030 is around the corner. We have 10 years to prepare the ground for whatever is coming. Right? Some of you will have to relocate. Let me say this before I finish. Some of you will have to relocate. You will have to relocate because there are seasons that God will say, now it's time to relocate. I've given you the product. I've given you the message. I've given you the market. But the market is in another another city, in another place, in another location. And this is not about, or we want to reach the rich. We want to reach the rich people. No, this is strategic. This is the kingdom of God. If the Lord never send you, don't go. The send you there, you have all that it takes. You've been built up like Joseph. <laughs> Joseph thought he was ready. They gave him two more years. They said, no, you need more two more years to really know how to engage Pharaoh. That's power. When you come into the presence of certain people, if you are not trained, if you are not ready, if you don't know what to say, how to say those things, you will lose the market, you will lose the business, you will, you will lose, you understand, your influence. I'll teach you all of that. And when you stand before Pharaoh, you know how to, how to sell Christ to Pharaoh. So I, I was told that you can interpret a dream, yeah? Joseph was so bold. He knew earlier that this was the point to hit Pharaoh. He said, no, it's not me. I cannot interpret it, but I know God. Okay. Who is that God? The same thing. Have you noticed? The same thing Daniel said. Friends, let me stop here. <laughs> I know time has gone. Let's look unto Jesus. The answer is in Christ. Within the crisis, the answer is in Christ. Amen. Position yourself. Look at this picture. See yourself at the top of the hill, looking, gazing deep into the future and seeing that all is well. Because indeed, it is well. Bless you, friends. We'll see you again. I believe the Lord for great things. Thank you for joining me this morning. I hope your life, amen, has been greatly impacted again. Second time I'm saying that. We'll see you again. Bye-bye.